Good afternoon, fellow Gunders. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my as usual, Aiden. How does guys? Arsenal take on the Saints and Arsenal take on the Blues. Um, Arsenal against Southampton at um, St. Mary's. And you you wondered after Spurs losing, you know, how Arsenal can take advantage of that. And I was quite excited for the game, thinking to myself, you know, this is something we can actually go and, you know, put ourselves level to Spurs. Yeah, and I mean, look, the train, uh, the trip to the Saint Mary's um, also brought a return now to Xhaka to the Arsenal midfield with Nuno Tavares now, you know, getting recalled by Arteta, and um, Ketia then also stepping in for Lacazette, who I think took ill a few days prior to the uh, the fixture. Um, the game kicks off Arsenal. I mean, immediately on the back foot. Um, I was kind of worried the way you know, the sort of attack phase that, that Southampton were going through, because, look, they were also still hurting from this uh, 0-6 defeat to Chelsea. Um, then, six minute, Broya ends up being a nuisance and gets, you know, past about four Arsenal players. I mean, I was quite shocked there. Um, he ends up cutting the ball back, but, I mean, both players, both sets of players uh, also seem to miss the cutback, and, I mean, the ball just rolled past the Arsenal goal, and a big warning for Arsenal. Yeah, I know. You know, Arsenal again, kind of starting in, you would say, the car stuck in first gear or neutral, actually, because yes. they just couldn't get going. And, you know, Southampton, after, you know, losing the last four of their five games, I thought, you know, they were kind of there for the pickings. Yeah. The ninth minute Arsenal attack uh, with Martinelli coming inside. Uh, uh, Fraser Forster makes a good low drive save. Um, then 16 minute Arsenal start. It was a nice sweeping attack move. I mean, it actually reminded me more of the Arsenal we actually like watching. Uh, Martinelli ends up playing it into Saka's path. Uh, Saka then lets fly, and I mean, Forster again pulls off a sharp save, diving full length. He always seems to have blinders against Arsenal, and you know, I'm kind of really worried. Like, you know, if this is because the commentator's words, I remember watching a game, he's like, Fraser Forster was man of the match versus Chelsea, or Southampton's best player. They lost 6-0, but he was their best player. Yeah. He seems to have been worse. And, you know, he just carried on that vein of form, you know, stretching full length with everything. And, you know, like you said, making a brilliant save already against Saka. Yeah. There's a the 8th minute. Arsenal get a free kick in a good area. And, I mean, I'm all <laughs> amped up. I mean, I'm sitting like, you know, end of the seat, thinking, I mean, something magical could happen. And I don't know what Cedric ends up doing and ends up ballooning and I into the second tier of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, those are, away from home, those are important chances that you need to take advantage of. Yeah. Then for the second minute for, like, you know, what feels now like success of games now. Approaching half-time, Ben White ends up giving away a needless free kick just outside the Arsenal uh, area. Uh, and I mean, like, my question also to you, and I mean, even listeners also, why does he always do this? I mean, at, <laughs> especially this part of the, 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 the game, and I mean, I'm sure anybody that has played football, your coach always tells you that last five minutes before halftime or the first five minutes of a match, keep focused because that's also where things can, you know, get kind of scary. Yeah, I know that was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to explain. Like, why did you know you're not really in danger of doing anything like compared yeah. to a dead ball situation where you know they can't put the ball in the box, but you know you're giving yourself now unnecessary danger where you could have easily, you know, prevented that. Yeah, I mean, at times, it's not like the, the judo hip tosses he does to people. We, <laughs> it's needless, needless. But yeah, that being said, uh, two minutes later, 
you know, from that free kick, because I mean, I think there was a whole lot of bickering also going on uh, with the lead-up. The ball then gets floated into the Arsenal half. Arsenal failed to, uh, to clear, or half-clear, kind of. And then Livramento in, ends up overhead punting the ball back into the danger area. Arsenal also, like, in total confusion, also backing off players, allow Elianusi to, you know, win the ball, keep the ball. And then he ends up going, taking the ball to the touchline and then cuts back a 45-degree pass. And I mean, the centre-back of Southampton, Bednare, ends up sweeping the ball home with a fantastic goal. 1-0 Southampton. Yeah, that was, you know, and for me, I felt like it was game over already. Not to be negative, but like with Nketiah leading the line, I didn't see much happening. And it just, this team just doesn't have that, you know, I don't mean to say we need a player like Ronaldo, but if you look at Ronaldo at the moment for... um. For 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 Liverpool, Man United, he does a lot of, um, you know, he has an X factor. Where you can bring a, somebody in a game, and he can turn the game around on his head. Arsenal yeah. don't have any of that at the moment. Yeah. In the second half, um, in the fifty-first minute, Eden Ketia's, you know, uh, slipped uh, slipped in by Odegaard with the, I mean Odegaard with a plays a fantastic pass. Then Nketiah ends up trying to take the ball on the turn, but I mean Valeria is quick to get the you know boot into block and boot the ball into touch. So I mean Arsenal at least starting a bit more attacking in the second half. 60th minute Arsenal then end up taking Cedric off, bringing Emil Smith Rowe on, you know, to add a more attacking dimension. Um then 64th minute Arsenal, you know, cranking up the pressure, Saka ends up cutting in from the, the right flank with a running uh, you know, run cross shot. Which had forced a scrambling across his goal, but I mean, still no, no luck for Arsenal. Yeah, and and you know that that, that clock just doesn't seem to go as slow when you when you wind it all down compared to wind it up. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, because then seventieth um, minute, Pepe comes on for Nuno Tavares. I mean, Arsenal now already at this point sacrificing both uh, fullbacks. Um, then seventy second minute. Pepe, you know, it's a, uh, almost like a half-dipping volley from a Xhaka cross, but again, it just floats past the goal. So, I'm like, we're just not having our luck with, you know, getting shots on target. Yeah, I think it, it comes down to that as well. Now, I'm not saying you need, I mean, yeah. you know, we need luck to go away, but as there's little things that happen yeah. here and there that doesn't go against your ball, hitting the post, or like, you know, Fraser Foster having you know, one of those blinders you know, makes a massive difference in, in, in moments like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think what you were talking about is that that messy shot that happened a minute later with Smith Rowe. Yes, with a ball that just loops, and I mean, you get clearly see it's gonna go into the net, and I don't know where he gets his last bit of energy or strength or whatever, and he just you know adrenaline jump, and he just claws the ball out of the top corner. And 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 you think to yourself, you know, those go in, and you see Southampton's head drops because yeah. I mean they currently you know running on adrenaline themselves, and that. You know, just trying to keep themselves in the game and the ball is the back of the net and then, you know, suddenly the game stands in his head. But like like I said, um, make that save. And it just amps Southampton up more and you're asking yourself, you know, when is this goal going to come? Suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, going to my shell and saying, you know what? I wanted a win. We needed a win, but I'll take a draw. Yeah. Then 82nd minute, a uh, big chance for Arsenal. Saka again, you know, forces Foster into a decent save. The ball ends up rebounding straight to Odegaard, who ends up smashing the ball into the side netting. 
Yeah, you know, I was pulling my hair out and just like I was shouting at the television screen because, like, I just needed something to happen. Just get the goal. At any point, you get the goal. Southampton, like I said, is on the back foot, but it's like the more they were missing. And the more Southampton starts time wasting, and just the frustration starts creeping in, and you're asking yourself, "Are you kidding me?" And at that same time, I'm kind of looking at the Man United Norwich score, and you know Ronaldo scores the free kick to make it three-two, and I'm thinking to myself, "At least get a point, guys." And I mean that you know, as we now phase into the last part of the match, I mean all ends of the pump, of course. Now for the Saints, they just you know dropping deeper. Uh, and I mean, Arsenal just sacrificing more players, you know, for... And I mean, even now, Southampton were trying to, you know, eat us on the break. But, but I mean, of course, they were so deep. There wasn't that many players, uh, you know, going to try to sucker punches at the end. But, I mean, after 96 minutes, the ref, uh, Peter Banks, he ends up calling for full time. And I mean, Arsenal end the match on a three-game losing streak. Now, worrying times. Very worrying times, and with a fixture coming up against Chelsea, you kind of, you know, we spoke in the podcast last week saying, you know, four out of the four out of six points is acceptable, but you know, you're already three, zero, zero out of three, and yeah. you're wondering now, you know, a game against Chelsea. I know that they, 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 they didn't do too badly against Real Madrid in the second leg, and also, you know, saw Crystal Palace in the semi final. So you kind of wondered what type of form they were going to come into, but. On the other hand, you know, you also have to look at it that they've had two intense games. So, you know, with nothing really on the line for them. And Arsenal, you know, all or nothing, no pun intended, you know, to the, yeah. to the Amazon documentary. They had to kind of, you know, show themselves against Chelsea. And, you know, before you get into the lineup, when I saw Nketiah again in the lineup, I was, my head was in my hand shaking and saying, I, I can't see us winning this. Yeah, I mean, look, even though I dreaded this fixture, you know, especially now coming off that, that three straight losses, um, you, know, you know, like it was now going to the game with a draw and a win, the last few visits to Old Trafford, I was getting to a point where I was actually being somewhat more positive going then, you know, as the, the week wore on, as we closing in on the match day. Because um, I didn't really take note of it that, that um, like two seasons ago we ended up drawing two two there, and then we like last season Smith Rowe ends up stealing it for us. Um, quite a few changes, as you mentioned now, to the squad. Ben White going right back, holding slotting in for him. I mean, that for me it made sense. Um, then Al Nini coming in for Lokonga. I think it was a big call, but I think you and I look, we were thinking also the other day already when we were talking about. Even using him as an option, he's just almost like just being sat now on the bench, yeah. to, you know, kicking his heels and, and not getting a real crack at, at, the, at the chance of playing. And I, I just thought to myself, it's a sort of game also with Chelsea making so many changes in the, the defence, especially with injuries and uh, resting some players. I thought also it would be now better for, you know, having two people that are composed in midfield. And I think it was like complimented each other, having Elneny and Xhaka alongside each other in going into this like real crunch, crunch game. And I mean, for me, Atleta drafting a player who hasn't played first team in Elneny since January, I think it was also a very big call. And also, even with Smith Rowe, because look, he, Smith Rowe hasn't impressed either of us in the podcast so far. Like After that COVID thing, I mean, of course, we know it takes a while to, you know, adapt again. But at times we were getting kind of frustrated with his looking almost like not so sharp like he was before 
and he was always like lacking at cutting edge that we we actually need from him because look, we know the strikers aren't gonna pull it off, you know, yeah. up to then. So I mean, yeah, he comes on for Martinelli, and I mean, what was your thoughts on the lineup in general? All in all, going really? into the crunch game. You know, like I said, uh, I don't know, not that bad, but Kitty, but three game already, you know, <laughs> the, the the life out of me. But I was happy to kind of see Alneni and Xhaka in the midfield, especially Alneni coming in because, you know, sometimes he's frustrating against us, but away games, you know, you kind of need a guy like Alneni. Keep it simple, you know, not trying, going to get caught on the ball, yeah. but also going to be there to make vital interceptions. And, um, you know, to just holding a bit worried me having him having him there, but, you know, I, I think to shuffle the pack a bit was what was, was needed. And I mean, this is something that actually, you know, remember clearly what you said last week, where you said that is also needed, that, you know, shuffling the pack a bit, just to, I think it also, people come also with different ideas, like fresh ideas now as a player, and I think also with the, the, the physical aspect of it, somebody that, that, look, these guys that are not just coming in at, I wouldn't say short notice, but now chosen as, as a rotation, they normally, you know, train to the highest caliber as well. So, I mean, it's not like uh, you have to worry about this player not eating the ground running. But, I mean, onto the game, uh, immediately Chelsea already saw on the front foot. Also, at a very high octane type uh, brand of football of theirs. And, I mean, uh, fourth minute, Reese James ends up uh, whooping in the free kick. Uh, Ramsdale ends up tipping the ball away. And, I mean, for me, it was a real nervous reaction by Ramsdale because I really thought... You know, when the ball already got swung in the area, I thought he was going to be a bit more confident than actually try going and catching the ball. But it's not like he wanted to go one minute, or one second, and then he ended up just backpedaling and uh, you know, ended up having to tip it out for a corner. The resulting corner, of course, also sees Alonso uh, driver a uh, goal-bound shot, but I mean, it ends up getting blocked by Gabriel and White mix to, you know, into the side netting. I think I got to that point and then I started thinking to myself, you know, it is one of those games against Chelsea where... They just kind of wipe us off because, I mean, we weren't yeah. doing anything at the moment. We were just constantly, you know, on the back foot. Yeah. Then six minutes from that very corner of that Alonso force, uh, Mount ends up sitting a ball into the top corner, really, which, of course, fools Ramsdale completely. He ends up misjumping and mistiming the jump, sorry. And the ball ends up floating right over in. And you can see the ball is already careering in goalwards. And I mean, Gabriel pulls off a fantastic edit clearance off the line. Uh, I, I was a bit nervous of, of, of Ramsdale because I don't know, there's just a, like, you know, he's been one of my most consistency. Yeah. But uh, for some reason of late, he's just been a bit iffy at the moment. I don't know what, what, what's been up. Yeah, I think, I think also we, until we have the, the, the real stability in defence, because I think also that constant chopping and changing, you, you, you're almost like expecting if it was now. The strongest back four that we had, like said, Tierney, uh, Gabriel, White, and um, uh, Tomiyasu, I think he's probably going to deal better with it because he knows exactly what they're going to do. But I mean, I don't think he plays that often now with, you know, say, holding, and that even though they probably does do it in training, but it's more like a teething phase that they have to also go through, you know, in the actual match. So, you know, onto the game again. Arsenal finally start in the eighth minute, you know, start picking the ball around. Uh, El Nenny ends up feeding Gabriel on a bombing run forward, which was I found strange, but, you know, it still looked good. Uh, the Brazilian ends up smashing the ball across goal, ends up looking for somebody to tap in. But, I mean, uh, Chelsea keeper Monty ends up sticking out the boot to deny the chance. Yeah, I know. You get, uh, the good is you are still just slowly starting to get in the foot in the game. And I think 
Arsenal are trying more of a counter-attacking approach since Chelsea. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the teams of late we were playing against kind of, um, and we're sitting back and just trying to hit us on the counter. We were trying to do the same. And I don't think they were putting as much high press as Crystal Palace were doing to us. And that could also be due to, you know, fatigue. I mean, Chelsea were playing high-octane games for the past few weeks. Yeah, I fully agree with it. Then, uh, 10th minute, Lukaku ends up having a chance uh, that, you know, Loftus she creates. But, I mean, he ends up dragging a shot. I mean, I first thought it was now just straight up, uh, you know, down to him. But it's also one of the Arsenal players, I can't even remember if it was White or Xhaka, but they actually just leant into him as he's about to, you know, pull the trigger. And I think that also kind of put him off balance to also kicking on his, you know, his standing foot, really. And he ends up dragging a shot, right? Yeah, I know Lukaku, you know, uh, he's the type of striker that always thrives against Arsenal because of, you know, that we don't like that type of physical, strong players, but it, it seemed to have, we seemed to have kept him up quite until that point. And yeah, I know we, I think, like I said, getting the foothold in the game, I think we were forcing Chelsea into mistakes themselves. But did you know, you have you also noticed, I mean, I, I just always, you know, when you're having banter with your mates and that, Everybody was also like, you know, when Lukaku joined, it's like, you know, the next best thing now for Chelsea to yeah. forward. And it's not like he's, he's transitioned from that fantastic play that was at Inter to uh, to that, that sort of, you know, that latter part of his Man United career where it's just totally fizzling out. And I mean, he, he looks, you know, he, he's, he looks like he fatigues quickly in a game. He, uh, you know, every time you watch him, also, there's his headers and that. The timing is always out because, I mean, they normally tell you, like, when you do coaching and that, when you, you're almost like connecting with the ball at the top of your head constantly, you are not, the, the timing is totally out in your play. And I think that is where he's suffering. And I mean, I think for me, I mean, like my personal take, but I think it's also like the beginning of the end of his Chelsea career, really. No, definitely. And I think this city, uh, no disrespect to the league, yeah. it's such a, a different type of league, you know, and, and, you kind of wonder, I could be wrong, could be right, yeah. um, that Vlaovic, you know, if he had to come to Arsenal, you know, could have that been a, an expensive flop because, I mean, he's not doing that great at Juventus. I'm not saying he's not a bad, uh, good player, but if you look at Lukaku, he was killing it in the Serie yeah. R. And right now in the Premier League, you know, I, I know a lot of Chelsea fans that want him gone. I mean, yeah, now if we just take it just a little bit off topic. Um, I was watching the, the Sociedad Barca game last night, and you know the way we now, since you not mentioned Vlaovic, um, with us, you know, supposedly linked to to um, Isaac in the January window, uh, there was a moment yesterday in the game where he's running, and I think he's already outpacing the last man of Barca. I don't know if it was Araujo or, or Pique, but now there's no pressure on him really because he's already like outpaced the last man. And I'm not thinking, you know, now it's just two plays now. You know, show you your true worth. And I tell you, Aiden, he ends up shanking that ball to the corner flag under no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, rain check on that, that, that uh, link up to us. Yeah, I know. It, uh, I, I didn't see that much, but, you know, it, it, does, it doesn't sound like we need another player like that at the club. Then, uh, 13th minute, uh, there's a big scramble on the edge of the Arsenal box. I mean, of course, they had my stomach of turning. I mean, I think we end up winning the scrap. The ball gets played to Tavares. And I mean, he gets his head up. And I think, I mean, for me, that what I found amazing on this whole thing, it's almost like a sort of telepathic thing because the minute Tavares eats, eats the ball, 
Eddie is already on his bike, and I mean, he starts giving chase to, um, what's it, yeah, Christensen, yeah. who of course has a head start in him, but I mean, of course, Eddie is holding him in, uh, you know, quite fast. And I mean, the Chelsea defender, you can already see as the ball is like, you know, bouncing, bobbling, and that. He's almost like looking for a sort of outlet, and of course, He's alone at the back with uh, Saar and then already uh, went past the halfway line into the Arsenal half. That he's now getting under pressure and I think he ends up seeing Mondi as his outlet. He tries to play a back pass. He, of course, gets his legs in a kind of knot. He underheats the pass. Eddie, of course, keeps on running. Ends up, you know, catching the ball. And I mean, he ends up getting himself like, to the, close to the box, composes himself, and as he sees the goalkeeper advance, he just... Blasted into the other corner, fantastic finish, one Arsenal. Yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic finish, and I was wondering, you know, I was just thinking, Katie, everybody was raving about because I've never really seen him score a goal like that because he's always yeah. scoring these scrappy goals yes. on the edge of the box, <laughs> ball bobbling, putting his foot in. So it was nice to score, see him score a different type of goal, but there, one to the Arsenal, and you know, uh, I couldn't believe it. I was wondering how long can we hold this lead? Yeah, and then. Uh, 15th minute, Chelsea, of course, back dominating again. And I mean, Arsenal seemingly too open, I found, um, still going at Chelsea. But of course, leaving now still, um, you know, open space. Then 17th minute, Timo Werner ends up getting a Loftus-Cheek uh, intercept. He ends up cutting inside and then with a hit and hope shot, he shot ends up deflecting off Xhaka's calf. And I mean, the ball ends up then spilling wide of Ramsdale, 1-1 into the back of the net. And I mean, to be honest, it looked savable. It, it did. It reminded me of that Jota goal as well. You know, that's in the EFL Cup where the ball just bobbled like it and it rolled in. I don't know, maybe something to be work on in training, but, you know, there's a bit of worrying because, like you said, you know, it, should, it looked very much savable. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, then, 90th minute, Chelsea, of course, now foot down on the accelerator. Uh, now, this time around, Alonso ends up pushing across down to set up uh, Mason Mount. It ends up just blazing wide. Uh, then to uh, 23rd minute, Eden Ketia then this time again blasts wide after great work to carve out the chance for Odegaard and Saka. Um, I, I thought that should have been a finish. I, like, I was quite angry at it because, I mean, that was a, it should have been a routine finish in my opinion. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, I just want to also add, I mean, Alonso was having a nightmare versus Saka. I mean, you could actually see yeah. every time he was facing like, oh, God, not again, I have to deal with this guy. Because I mean, and because every time you could see Saka was like half walking first with the ball to him, <laughs> and then when you see him like that, you know that the trains that are going uphill, that I know I can, or I think I can, I think I can. Then you know Alonso's already got issues. Um, then twenty seventh minute, Arsenal of course play themselves out of trouble after a good uh, Chelsea attack. Xhaka uh, ends up you know taking charge of the ball in the Arsenal box. Yeah, he, working himself out of that corner ends up getting also a nutmeg on uh, Alonso. And then, I mean, he ends up freeing Odegaard in turn with a slick pass. And in turn, Odegaard, you know, hits the ball, a fantastic pass into Saka's stride immediately. And of course, Chelsea already now, you know, being counted and counted fast. Saka ends up returning the ball to Odegaard on the edge of the D. And he ends up teeing up the on-rushing Smith Rowe, ends up finesse finishing for the Gooners. The fans go ballistic in the stadium. It's 2-1 Arsenal. So, two other Arsenal. I thought it was a damper, but you know, that should have that type of finish we needed was against Crystal Palace when he went to <laughs> But yeah, two one Arsenal. Yeah, so I mean, 
I'm going to listen to them. Like, at the end of part of me, you know, after this watching the celebration, you already tell yourself, okay, guys, calm down, please. Yeah. Got the lead again. And I mean, the minute the game <laughs> starts, <laughs> Chelsea come at us again. And I mean, while I'm thinking, you know, please consolidate and, you know, take this thing out of the game or do something, just Arsenal are still, you know, coming all gung-ho at them. And then 32nd minute, Mason Mount ends up winning the ball, whips in a low cross, and I mean, Tavares loses his man completely, and I mean, Aspilicueta ends up darting ahead of him. And I mean, bang, 2-2, needless goal to concede. Yeah, it was quite needless. I, 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 I first thought it could have been a foul there. Or was it, what is it, they tripped, it looked like they tripped one of our guys. But I got clocked by Mason Mount, yeah. Yeah, so. I, I thought it could have been a free kick. But, I mean, you know, Tavares, you know, switching off a bit. I think still not used to the Premier League space. But, yeah, as you mentioned, 2-2. Um, and you're wondering to yourself, has this chance gone for us to win this game? I mean, for me, at, at that point, it was for me, it was like a tale of two bad defences. I mean, to be like, being straight with yeah. the heart, thought out. Um, then, 30, uh, you know, immediately from the kick-up, the kick-off, sorry, uh, also go up again the other end, and the sun kid ends up dragging his shot wide. So it's almost like it, it's gone from like a fo- it started out as a football match and it's like turning into a basketball match. Um, then on the stroke of half time, Smith Rowe ends up you know with a good chance, dribbles well to make space to shoot. But I mean, of course, way off balance as he you know follows through, and I mean that's how he gets his shot all wrong, and I mean, he ends up putting the ball into the crowd. Yeah, I know it's it's um I, I was still a bit panicked and thinking to myself, you know, we need to make our chances count because if we don't we could be in big trouble in this game. Yeah. So second half, I mean Arsenal playing, you know, more cautious this time around. I mean you can actually see the, the complete difference to, you know, what we were <laughs> our heart was supposed to contain within the first half. Uh still having, you know, of course the attacking edge, but of course just not going too gung at it. Um, Aldeni, of course, gets a chance with which Thiago Silva ends up charging down. And I mean, it, it shows also that more adventure some of our midfielders, midfielders are also getting. Then, 57 minute, a scrappy pass from Chelsea, and Tavares ends up intercepting the situation. But I mean, I, what I also want to give props for the minute that pass already gets like under heat or, or misplaced, he's already picking up on the error. And I mean, he ends up outrunning, I think, uh, Timo Werner, because Timo Werner's over the court on his heels by the time uh, Tavares ends up jet spa- jetting past him. And I mean, he ends up playing the ball short to Eddie Nketiah. Eddie, of course, ends up spinning Thiago Silva. I mean, remind me of, almost of a bit of the Ian Wright days. And I mean, he ends up getting between Conte and Sa, and I mean, he ends up just toe-poking the ball past Mondi. 3-2 Arsenal. Yeah, well, what a moment, I think. Yeah, for me, that goal was kind of the one that made me feel kind of comfortable. Not that I'm saying I felt that we we're going to win the game, but I'd like, you know, Chelsea just seemed like they weren't in it anymore at the races. And I think that goal gave us the momentum. And I'm sure Arteta, you know, Arsenal after Arteta talks normally come out stronger. Yeah. And I mean, it also leads me now, the very point you just made now, you're leading me now to these two points now, because in the 65th minute, sorry, I'm going to, of course, all heads to the pump now, because I mean, look, Reese James is now also uh, getting a, a one, uh, that one chance where he ends up hitting a hard cross shot, which Ramsdale ends up parrying yeah. dangerous area. The ball then, of course, breaks to strike, really almost like on a plate to Alonso. And I mean, I'm, part of me wants to close my eyes because you can already see there's no goalkeeper as, as Ramsdale is still trying to scramble to his feet. 
And I mean, by the time Alonso lets fly, I mean, Gabriel ends up sliding and puts his backside in the way. And that ball ends up, uh, you know, getting deflected out for a corner. But I mean, fantastic defensive work by Gabriel. Then. Yeah, I know. It was. And, like, you could see that Arsenal were holding on and, like you said, all hands on deck. Yeah. And I mean, 69-minute Arsenal, of course. This is, oh, this is actually the point we're going to bring up now. Because that point where you said with Chelsea and the fatigue factor... You can actually see all that from the 70th minute onwards, Arsenal now starting to force more errors into Chelsea also. Because it was for like for me, I was at one point also shocked because this is not, you know, the, the Chelsea we know when they like, put teams to the sword or whatever. Because they, they were like, uh, you know, either letting the ball go out of play or overheating their passes. Because um, there were points where Reese James didn't want to run anymore when they were eating those long crossfield passes that he's like known for normally getting. Uh, on that 70th minute, also Martinelli ends up coming on for Nketiah, who, like, I think he also ran his race by then. Um, Cedric also came on, like, five minutes later for Smith Row. And, I mean, 77th minute, Ramsdale, you know, ends up playing a fantastic long pass to Martinelli, who ends up, you know, almost like heading the ball into Saka's path. The two of them interplay the, the, with the ball, but, I mean, I mean, Monty ends up, you know, clearing it before it even reaches the Brazilian. Yeah, I know. I think that uh, Martinelli move, I know um, Katie was doing well, but that Martinelli move was an excellent one because he really has legs. And I'm sure as a Chelsea player, after all these, you know, minutes being played, these fixtures, they're probably thinking to themselves, you know, that's the last guy I want running at me. Something also picked up. I mean, uh, it actually only popped up when I was doing my, my point notes like early this morning because there's a point in the game in the 70th, so, uh, I mean, you can watch the highlights also on, on, on YouTube or whatever. But there's a, a point in the 78th minute. I first thought it was just Saka slipping when the ball got crossed into the box. I didn't even really notice that Aspera Quete actually pulls him down. I don't know if you just have like late, like, you know, when we're done. Yeah. Because have a look at it again. It's a, about the 78th minute mark. I don't know if they're going to add it in the highlights package or whatever. But 78th minute mark, we actually, you, you can actually see the hands on Saka. And then as a, I think the ref looks or whatever, he lets go of him and then Saka slips also in that same motion. But I mean, it's something that you like, just keep an eye on with that moment if you think of what's still to come. Then at the second minute, Cedric ends up, you know, beating uh, Saar on the right, on the yeah, Arsenal right. Uh, he takes a touch, I think one touch to Benny, because I think he could have really picked out Martinelli or even, uh, I don't know what else it was in the box at that point when the cross came in. But I mean, one touch to me, the ball ends up going out to Tavares, and I mean, he ends up just blazing it into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that would have been his moment, actually, Tavares' <laughs> moment. But, you know, um, I think Arsenal were looking for that fourth and final goal, which would have decided yeah. the game, and Chelsea were really battling, and it was nice to see them actually on the ropes. And, you know, mm. I was just hoping we weren't going to get sucker punched ourselves. Um, you know, came on, especially. Yeah. I mean, for me, like a big moment of concern for me was 84th minute when uh, Cedric gets his ankle stamped on by Mason Mount. And I mean, honestly, I mean, yes, he got the yellow, but when when you think of how that ref treated Tavares when uh, he got almost like uh, you know, that violent conduct that the Mount had in that first yes, off, yes, when yes, he, yes, cleared yes, it, yes. he kept his studs almost like to crack Tavares' shin, really. Yes, should have been booked there also already. I think so too. And, he, and he, Mount still had a few words with Tavares yeah. while he was laying there. It was 
I don't know, he seems to be England's golden boy at the moment. Yeah, Mr. Big Time Charlie, but I mean, he's sure, they'll cut him to size quite quickly again. Um, 89th minute, Arsenal starting to make, you know, the, the game more and more, you know, was like taking this thing out of the game, slowing where they can, and they, you could see even like they had will to, to get something out of the game, it was also seeping out of Chelsea. Then 90th minute, penalty to Arsenal after Aspilicueta ends up, you know, rolling down um, Saka. I mean, I just want to also add, I don't know if any of you guys really picked up this, like whether you, Aiden, or uh, the listeners. Uh, what happens was, in that lead-up to it, Aspilicueta actually does grab hold of him. And I think by the time they get into the box, uh, you know, when they start all like becoming more, or Aspilicueta becomes more like a referee side, he's actually looking at him. He wants to then let go of the, the shirt, but of course, since his arm is between Saka's waist and Saka's arm, Saka ends up just putting in a pincher movement and holds his arm, and as, as it's not 40, he pulls Aspilicueta with him. And of course, the ref sees that from behind, and I think even with VAR, when you see the, the pulling starting already, before that incident, really, that, I mean, I think that uh, even VAR had no other choice than to give the penalty then. Yeah, I know, it was definitely penalty, and then you know, in my head, I didn't know who would step up because, you know, like I said, normally takes the penalties. Yeah. If not him, it was a Bamiyang. So, you know, who was going to take the ball up? And I see up steps Pakayo Saka. The first time I've seen him take a, a penalty in a in a full full time, in a 90-minute game. I don't know if you, if I'm, if I'm maybe stand on the correction, yeah. but it was a big penalty for him. Yeah, and I mean, he ends up sending Mondi the wrong way. And, but I mean, you know... We, we go 4-2 up, and, and, and for me, even leading up to that penalty, I mean, not le- leading up to the penalty actually being taken, I, for, for once in my life, okay, I wouldn't say once in my life, but first time in a long, long while, I couldn't really even want to watch the penalty. I mean, I was actually forcing myself to sit and watch it because I was thinking, you know, with our luck at the moment, <laughs> what's it for you not to drag, you know, drag the ball wide and then, you know, us getting counted immediately straight after that <laughs> and ship. You know, that's how it messes me up already at times. But yeah, it's a fantastic penalty. I mean, the celebrations when you watch the crowd, uh, the away fans, they were also fantastic on the night. You know, big props to them also. But I mean, fine win, lads. I mean, three points to back to North London. And I mean, a big, big result. Yeah. You know, you wonder, like, you know, not trying to put a damper on the result, but you wonder if this performance had to just be in one of the other three games, you know, yeah. where we could have been now. But, you know, we take it and, we you know, tied on points with Spurs. We made our game in hand count, luckily. But now we take on a big clash against the Man United side, you know, who have been up and down. They turn up for the bigger games, okay, except for Liverpool, who just tossed them aside. But that does without, you know, Ronaldo there. But Ronaldo, I'm not sure if he'll be in the squad on Saturday. But if he is, you know, he, ever, ever since, you know, back in 2004, 2009, he's always had, you know, something against Arsenal, but always scoring goals. And I mean, you know, he scored, was there a brace against us as well? Or is that a trick or a brace against us when we lost 3-2 now against him? So, you know... But Wally DV is going to start against us because he always seems to find the net against us. Yeah. I mean, one thing I want just to, to bounce quickly back to the Chelsea game. I mean, what really impressed me also about Teta, I mean, this is something you and I have been also very critical about him. I mean, in that, I think that over that course of the 90 minutes, he ended up going at, at 1.532. Uh, 
3-5-2 and then 5-2-3. And then at some point, it was even converting it to a 4-3-3. So, I mean, the way he was chopping things up, I mean, even I think we, even at the end of the game, we end up something like 5-4-1 or whatever. We, he just kept um, Tuchel and them guessing constantly. Yeah, Tuchel seems to be the guy that has his, 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 his plan set out very nicely. He's a very tactical yeah. coach, but it seemed like Arteta got the one up on him. Yeah. So, yeah, what you now mentioned with regards to the Arsenal Man United game, um, I mean, my take on it is um, like what used to be also a race title fixture has now become almost like a top four scramble. Um, you know, both teams have had turbulent uh, runs this season, um, you know, near erratic at some point. I mean, I think we have that sort of lulls, but then we come back, you know, strong for a, a longer period. But I think United have been also very stop start, not really, uh, you know, a, a good run behind their belt. Um, and I mean, for me now, it's like, uh, you know, a race for the golden ticket of the Champions League qualification, because I think that's now what matters right now. I mean, especially for us. I mean, I don't need, <coughs> excuse me, I don't need to take note that, that Chelsea are now, what, five points uh, in front of us. And well, they still not... need to play United as well. I'm not saying they could, yeah. but I mean, maybe United could just do us a favour there, you know? Or even just a score draw, something like that, or a draw in general. Um, with United, with regards to United, I mean, key players for them: Bruno Fernandez, he's clocking over seven point five per game. Uh, Dalo, of course. I mean, I, he surprised me a lot for them. I mean, I didn't expect because I mean, everybody's always hyping up uh, Teles. Um, then, of course, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is also like the, you know, was like the man that carries them for most parts. Uh, yeah. Top goal scorer wise, uh, Cristiano, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo with fifteen. Uh, Fernandez with nine, so I mean we know which guys to you know keep really tabs on, and I mean with with regards to assists, Pogba is the leading guy, but I mean he's not out for I don't know if he's out for the season, but he's already fallen out with the crowd again, yeah. and I mean uh, Bruno Fernandez is up there as well with the assists and Fred as well, but I think Fred could uh, touch and go with Fred because I think they got also a lot of injuries also or niggles and that going into this game tomorrow. Um, Fred always seems to put up a game against Arsenal as well, no matter the flack he gets. But, you know, yeah. we can sort him out and we can sort, um, you know, Fernandes out. And hopefully Ronaldo, you know, um, but that was quite sad it happened to him. But, you know, hopefully he's he's not there in to, to, to the game as well. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a crunch game for Arsenal once again, you know. Getting the three points, I think, putting that gap between them and surely knocking um, United out of the top four race. Then. I mean, you know, even now, I mean, look, you and I are doing this this, this uh, preview of the game, but I mean, I still can't get over how we lost that that fixed at Old Trafford. I yeah, mean, no, uh, that was that was weird. The sort of football we were playing in it, and we looked almost like so, you know, rookie like, you know, real yeah. green, you know, the way we went about things, and also. The way people like Odegaard lost their nerve like, to give that penalty away and, and in a game that we, we should have like controlled because I think it's not like we, we dominated. We, I think we could have even been almost like out of sight in a game like that. And I yes. think we just ended up almost, like, toying around too much and ended up blowing up in our face. So I just hope we, we, we get also a, a more professional you know take on, on, on uh, you know getting the result against I mean, especially as a home game. Crowd, crowd is there. United, I mean, you don't know what we United stand because it don't look like they also want to play for the coach, really. Yeah. Of course, with, with a new coach coming in, end of the season. But still, 
I, I saw one that's to really hit them and hurt them while they're this vulnerable. Because it's like we never get that sort of run of the, the most stuff where we can actually get payback on people like that or teams like that. And and even like when you see the sort of form that uh, bosses started with, and I think it was, why didn't we ever face a boss team that are in yeah. the, and bosses to always face us when we have some sort of uh, team turmoil or injury crisis or whatever. So, yeah. I remember that that the one when we were that we threw two to the first leg and we went there with like Fabrica had a broken leg so we were like they were like bent up front Walcott there was no Van Persie it was just a you know a mess but like you know like you said we never get a team like you know out of sorts but I do think Arsenal need to be ruthless and yeah, yeah. you know if we can get the result in the United stop for hopes and you know put pressure on Spurs who play Brentford away from home. Yeah. You know, so you know it is, it's not the easy ground. Liverpool drew there, so you know you never know what can happen. But it's up to Arsenal to put the pressure on the spots. And I mean, like you know, like my final point on on this before we go to the talking point section. Um, I mean, for me, they're there for the taking. And I mean, you can also, if you think of it, we can also use this sort of fixture to get our shooting boots on and and really you know boost our goal difference as well. Yeah, I agree. Are they hundred percent? Yeah. So now with the talking points, as we now wind down the podcast, um, with regards to the contract situation on, on quite a few players now, um, the, you know, there's still talk of Nketiah, everything is still, you know, in the balance with him. And I mean, there's some people that even say, um, you know, with regards to El Nini, you know, do you give him almost like something short term? But I mean, I, I don't think also we can, you know, have a sort of, you know, when you think too much of it with your heart about the player, then you must think, okay, do we do that or do we just, you know, we act ruthless about it and just say, okay, thank you for your service come into the season, but I mean, time to move on. Look, look, I think in Ketia, I think definitely, you know, we need to move on and bring in, you know, quality replacements for him and Lacazette most likely. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Alneni has been a good servant and, and very professional when he's come into play, but... You know, if you can bring in a guy like Yuri Tillemans, you know, yeah. I'm not saying we can. And if Oteta can actually have a chat and sit down and speak to Gwen Duzzi because he's a very good player and he has the ability to be world-class. But I think Oteta just needs to sit him down, have a chat with him and see, you know, are you willing to listen? Because if not, you know, let, we'll sell you off. But if you see a future at the club and you want to work with me and we can work together, I mean, if, like if you can have a, a midfield of Tillemans, um, party... Um, you know, Gwentuzi, and then you have Xhaka, you know, as an also an alternate. You know, you have four quality midfielders. If you play Champions League, you can mix and match. You can, you know, in tough, tough away games, you can play a three, you know, hard fighting midfield and can play a good counter attacking game. So that's where I'm at. Unfortunately, you know, Alneni has been playing well, but it's going to have to be a choice between him and Xhaka. And I think, you know, Xhaka has been more of the fixture of the two. And my final point before, uh, you know, ending the podcast, I'm going to play devil's advocate now. Um, so, Aiden, you know, like, okay, we now saw the fixture list that we still have left, the fixture run, uh, you know, of, of this uh, top four chase. If Nketiah gets between 8 and 10 goals, will you give him a contract? That almost, like, certainly guarantees us, you know, European, like Champions League football especially. Do I, I still don't think so. Because, because it, it might be like a momentum thing, but 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 you know, to, to throw the question back at you, you know, do you think do you see Aiden Ketia playing in the Champions League and scoring, you know, a, a hat trick or a brace to win us a game against 
video on my dad. No, because I mean, I think he's not, he's not that, that, you know, I think the biggest flaw with him, especially when you, when you see him, and, and then you're putting that point to me now with, with Champions League uh, football, when you look at some of the defenders that play Champions League, like, you can play even at Eastern European teams or yeah. They they have this what they call like, like ogres that play at the back. They call <laughs> yeah. they are heavy duty, and I just think they help crush him almost like those little cans. It's <laughs> gonna be something like that. So yeah, I mean I, I know you're gonna probably have to get you know real high profile forwards as well. But I mean I, I also just wish him also well, you know like yeah. You know, yeah. He's, 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 and I mean I think also now if he should get now a brace of goals that it leads us to Europe and that. Yeah, it's gonna also be a big, big bonus for him in the shopping you know, window, like for him to, you know, yeah, I give you hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, guys, take care. Enjoy the match tomorrow. It should be a fantastic one. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys. Hopefully, we can get the three points.